are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans? I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at DraftNetwork.com, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today on the show, looking forward to this. If you've read the headline, you already know. You've read the title, you already know. We're going to be doing a mock draft, Dolphins mock draft extravaganza. And what does that mean exactly? Pray tell. I have pulled a number of mock drafts from across the internet this past week and have decided on this Thursday edition of the show, we're going to look not just at you know what I would do, but we're going to look at what others in the draft media space are picking for the Dolphins, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons and merits of each one of the combinations of picks that are made for your Miami Dolphins. I've got eight, and it's going to be time-dependent, depending on how much we have to say about what the picks are and, and combinations of players and decisions and who else was on the board when those picks were made. We'll see how many we get to, but I'm really looking forward to kind of pulling my head up from the grind that I've been on over at the Draft Network, and, and we were working very hard with our scouting staff to get ready for this year's draft. And instead, kind of take a look around it, instead of creating the content myself, taking a look around and seeing what other content creators and former scouts and analysts are, are all pegging for the Miami Dolphins. So with that in mind, cheers. Got myself a nice little pour of Elijah Craig. It's 11.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday night, recording for Thursday. little nightcap. Let's get into it. The first mock draft comes from ESPN's Mel Kuyper. This came out at the beginning of this week. Mel has the Dolphins trading back with the Carolina Panthers from 3 to 8. Carolina moves up to 3 to take Justin Fields of Ohio State. The Dolphins see Devontae Smith come off the board at 7 to Detroit. The Dolphins take Jalen Waddell. Yes, I'm good with it. I'm a million percent good with it. We've talked about Jalen Waddell, his presence, what it would do alongside Will Fuller in the Dolphins' offense. And all of a sudden, all of these routes that are working underneath that are so congested, and so many teams just kind of crowded 10, 15 yards of the line of scrimmage and sat on everything and didn't feel threatened or compelled to, to give you space vertically or, or play with soft C level of the defense. All that goes out the window when you have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell running your deep and intermediate routes, whether they're side-by-side side or you put them on opposite ends of the field. So I like this a lot. Uh, obviously, so, some of the other notable picks, Jamar Chase was off the board, Devontae Smith was off the board, Kyle Pitts was off the board. Pitts went five to Cincinnati. Uh, Penny Sewell was a player that the Dolphins end up passing on in Kuyper's mock at number eight. As far as who 
Kuiper has the Dolphins picking at number 18, a prospect that South Florida fans, I would expect, are quite familiar with. Jalen Phillips, the defensive end from the University of Miami. Kuiper has him pegged at 18 to the Dolphins. Obviously, the, the need at pass rush here is massive. Uh, with the departure of Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy, those guys not really winning some one-on-ones. Anyway, you need somebody who can win some pass rush reps. I think Jalen Phillips, if the Dolphins are comfortable with him staying in the South Florida atmosphere, it's your best option, in my opinion. And then you get a, a premium position, and we've talked about in the past how the Dolphins under Chris Greer and Brian Flores have used the vast majority of their picks in the top 100 on premium positions. Linemen, quarterbacks, secondary players. This counts as a lineman. Uh, So who's off the board that would have been of note to the Dolphins? The good news is not a lot. Micah Parsons went 14 to Denver. Rayshon Slater went 13 to the Chargers. Quiddy Pay went 11 to the Giants. So Aziz Ojolari is still on the board. Penny Sewell went 9, one pick after the Jalen Waddle pick. So the Dolphins come out of Kuyper's mock, staying put at 18, moving back from 3 to 8, getting presumably an extra first-round pick. I don't know. He didn't do the terms. And getting Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips. Next three picks off the board after the Dolphins pick. Christian Derisaw, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, and Greg Rousseau, defensive end from the Miami Hurricanes. So, in all, Kuiper was kind to Miami. And not all of these mocks are kind to the Dolphins. Uh, but Kuiper's for sure is a play out of an ideal scenario for the Dolphins. And I, I do think if as long as they're comfortable with Phillips and his terms of leaving UCLA and his medicals, he's a better fit for the style of play the Dolphins have than what... Aziz Ojolari would be, who is kind of the other best available pass rusher. The next mock comes from a, a friend of mine, Lance Zerline of NFL.com. Lance has the Dolphins staying put at three and drafting Jamar Chase, and then subsequently at 18, drafting another edge rusher, Quiddy Pay. So this is different combinations of the same position as what Mel Kuyper gave. Uh, the top of the draft is chalk in Lance's mock. It's Lawrence at one, Wilson at two. You have a choice of everybody else if you're the Dolphins. Here's where Lance did break my heart, though, because Lance did project trades in this mock, and he has the Atlanta Falcons trading back from four, but not the Dolphins trading back from three. Ideal scenario, not necessarily. Uh, I think you get comparable value with a lot of the top pass catchers. And it's just stay put at three and miss out on uh, Carolina moving up from eight to four with a division rival to get Trey Lance. Uh, bit of a surprise. As far as Quiddy Pay at 18, uh, Quiddy Pay is the best physical tools, stylistic player uh, that fits what the Dolphins do defensively, what they have trended towards with most of their defensive line acquisitions. Uh, but he's much more explosive, and I think that gives him a big leg up. I think he will probably appeal to Miami for his run defense just as much as anything else. The question is, Jalen Phillips is much more advanced and nuanced as a pass rusher with his counters at first contact. 
what are the Dolphins going to covet more? And if they're honest with themselves, the Dolphins, in my opinion, have done a really good job this offseason making sure they have fortified the run defense. They went out and they got Benardrick McKinney at linebacker. They brought, they're bringing back Elan and Roberts, and that was just announced this week. I don't expect Miami to be tops of the tops as far as run defense, but I expect with the additions that they've made in retaining Elan and Roberts, they will be a better team against the run in 2021 than they were in 2020. So for me, I'm coveting the guy who's a better pass rusher. But I could see where Lance is going. I, I do think Greg Rousseau has a higher floor. He's less bust potential. And you can make the argument that based on his physical tools, he's got a higher ceiling too because he's just a phenomenal athlete. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's dumb. So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Built Bar Madness time of the year. We've been telling you about our friends at Built Bar for quite some time. The best tasting protein bar on the market. Low calorie. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber, with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. I mean, we're talking 130, 140 calories, and these things are delicious. But Built Bar is putting on a tournament to help decide who is the champion of their flavors. So go to BuiltBar.com or visit Bar underscore Built on Twitter, and remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who will advance to claim the title of the best-tasting flavor of the best-tasting protein bar. Our next mock, we've done an ESPN mock, We've done an NFL.com mock. Let's go off the rails a little bit. Let's go to our friends over at CBS Sports. I believe this one was done by Chris Trapasso. Yep. Chris is a good guy. I've met him a couple times, and he had uh, the courtesy to put his mock trades right at the front. And the Dolphins are not involved. Chris goes off the rails, though. And some of you guys are going to be upset by this. Chris has the Dolphins staying put at three and drafting Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. I'm going to take a sip of the Elijah Craig. I'm going to let that sink in, and then we'll talk about it, okay? Just take a moment. So the Dolphins taking (laughs) Justin Fields at three. I saw Colin Colin Cowherd got on this soapbox the other day as well. And uh, I I do think 
The Dolphins have a very odd investment opportunity as a team who just used a top five pick on a quarterback, who won 10 games this past year, is trending in the right direction no matter what sourpuss Kyle Van Noy would tell you in his Patriots press conferences and his tweets. No comment. What's different about Brian Flores the head could get out of here? The Dolphins are moving in the right direction, but to have a top three pick is fairly unprecedented. If you were to make the case, I'm not saying the Dolphins should be punting on Tua Tagovailoa, but I'm saying if you want to make the case to maximize this pick in this draft class, you have to trade it. If you're going to get maximum return, you have to trade the pick. But... What happens if everybody does play hardball? Oh, well, Atlanta, they got Matt Ryan on an extension. We, do, we don't want to pay that much, so we're just going to wait. You guys take whoever you want, and then we'll go ahead and we'll, do, we'll, we'll make the trade with Atlanta instead, and we won't have to give up as much. So if I'm looking at it from a maximizing your investment opportunity perspective, if you don't have the trade-back opportunity, then you force the hand by pulling one of the quarterbacks off the market and then having a fire sale. Who wants him? Come get him. You called our bluff, well, we called your bluff. Come get him. And I don't think that's the light in which Chris made the selection. Um, his analysis on this pick, I'll read it. Well, I don't think the Dolphins should totally give up on Tungvaloa. I also don't believe they should pass on an opportunity to pick fields here. There's too much positional value to not pick him. So it, it's kind of vague. He kind of goes that way, but he doesn't. And I'll say this. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, he's faster than Tua. He's bigger than Tua. He's got a stronger arm than Tua. But the Dolphins made an investment in Tua last year. And clearly saw enough to like him. And Justin Fields is not a player who's not without his warts and questions and, and uh, scheme specificity. But the Dolphins made the choice of Tua with the vision of what direction they wanted their offense to go. Justin Fields would be, to some degree, a departure from that. And because of that, I think Tua does have a leg up, even though he's not as big, as strong, or as fast as Justin Fields is. You know, the mental acumen, the style of play that all like all of those decisions were made with Tua Tagovailoa in mind. And Tua, we we don't know what the finished product is going to look like because he played nine games as a rookie and he's finally now getting a chance to to train instead of just rehab at the NFL level. So that's really exciting for what his long term potential can be. But I'm, I'm just being completely honest. Yeah, Justin Fields has better physical tools than Tua Tagovailoa. But the quarterback position is largely played in between the years, and the Dolphins have made their decision-making process for what their infrastructure, what their personnel, what their coaching is all going to look like to maximize what Tua Tagovailoa does in between the years. If you ask me, and I've had people ask me a ton, you know, how did how would Tua stack up versus this 2021 draft class? He'd be in the same bucket as Justin Fields. So I think it's a lateral move. Tua 
showed the hip wasn't a problem, which is super encouraging. So I'm not too worried about that from a durability perspective. Of course, he still has to prove he could play 16 games. You, I don't think you have that that question with Justin Fields, at least to the same degree. There was a, a time against Michigan a couple years back, which it looked like he shredded his knee and would be done, like for good for the season. And he came back like two players late, two plays later, and threw a touchdown pass. So I would value those two guys very similarly. I think there's advantages to Tua being in place and being an incumbent. But Chris, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because I'm pretty sure. I got the, the the words Justin Fields out of my mouth, and we had Dolphins fans pulling you up on Twitter to let you know how they felt about it. At 18, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota, from Chris Trapasso. I like this pick. I think Rashad Bateman would be an excellent compliment because Minnesota ran a ton of RPOs. They asked Bateman to run a ton of routes into the teeth of the defense and in the middle of the field. Show good catch radius. He's 6'2", 210. He's got some run-after-catch potential. If the Dolphins went a different direction with their first pick, Bateman is a receiver I can get very excited about in the first round at 18. And the good news is you're going to get out in front of a lot of the teams like Chicago and potentially Indianapolis and Tennessee and the Jets and the Jaguars and the Browns and the Ravens and the Saints and the Packers who would be in the market for another wide receiver. So to think there is a compelling, you're almost at the front end of the queue on the next run of wide receivers after the the big three. And Bateman would be my choice outside of that. Our next mock comes, it's, you know, well, let's count it as a doubleheader. It's from DJ and Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Jamar Chase at three, Najee Harris now at 18. We've seen some, some positional value picks with the edge guys. We saw some positional value picks with the quarterback at three, courtesy of Chris Trapasso. Now, DJ and Bucky are throwing positional value to the wind, and they're saying, nah, if you want Najee Harris, you're going to have to use 18 to get him because there's a gauntlet of teams in the last 10 picks of the first round, last 12 picks of the first round, that are going to be in the market for running backs. And if Najee Harris is there, you're probably not going to see him fall to 36. So we talked about Jamar Chase briefly. With the Lanzerline pick. Staying put at three, drafting Jamar Chase. It seems as though he is the consensus, projection-wise, number one receiver off the board. I think the presence of Will Fuller does make the potential of Jamar Chase uh, a little bit more appealing, a little bit more exciting, uh, in that he is somebody who wins after the catch more than Devontae Parker and Preston Williams do, in large part because they think he's more twitchy than both of those guys. He's not as big as either one of those guys. But I think about the impact that a a player like A.J. Brown has had for the Tennessee Titans. He's been excellent. Play him outside, you play him inside, he's big, he's physical, he rumbles for big yards after catch opportunities. I kind of see Jamar Chase as like a slightly smaller, more explosive version of that style of player. 
kind of what we would have expected from Juju Smith-Schuster had the Dolphins pursued Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, but a much more explosive version of Juju Smith-Schuster. So I do think there's, you know, if you're going to have Will Fuller run a ton of vertical routes, he's running goes, corners, posts, double moves, working vertically, deep overs. And you have him, and he's pulling the top back, and he's pulling those deep defenders and, and occupying and creating space and void. Chase in the middle of the field, I think he'd give you something that's that's really, really interesting and different from what the rest of the receivers have. He's almost in between. He's not a true like separator guy like Waddle is, uh, but he's much more physical with the ball in his hands and at the top of routes than the other two guys in the running to be Dolphins wide receiver picks. And, of course, Najee. Najee is tailor-made for this offense. He is. We're being completely honest. Najee Harris is the 230-pound back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and can run in against six-man boxes with five-man blocking surface and create that missed tackle that is going to create a big chunk gain because he is too big to wrangle and he has really, really unique lower half mobility and cut ability for a player of his stature that makes him worthwhile the first-round pick for a team who thinks they're ready to compete. And I think the Dolphins look at themselves in that light. Because of that, I can get on board. I can get behind the Najee Harris pick at 18. Bet online is the best way and fastest way and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football season may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Let's do two more mocks today. Uh, one comes from the Draft Network, lo and behold. Actually, from yours truly. Uh, so this is not Dolphin-skewed, Dolphin-specific. This was a full 32-team first and second round mock draft that dropped. We did the first round. If you're not familiar with TDN, we drop our first round of our mock on Mondays. We update and add round two on Tuesday night going into Wednesday, and we add round three. So tonight, round three gets added onto this on the for Friday. This is my sixth mock draft of this cycle, which is crazy to think about. But nevertheless, uh, I have the Dolphins trading out. If you have listened to this podcast for three seconds, you are not surprised at all whatsoever that I have the Dolphins trading out of three. Maximize your investment opportunity. And maximize your investment opportunity. The Dolphins did because Carolina was the team uh, that seemed to be getting some momentum on the where is Deshaun Watson going to land saga. And with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson, football is the last thing we should be worried about with Deshaun Watson. We have to let due process play out there and get some clarity 
on that situation and those allegations. Father time ain't stopping. Father time ain't slowing down. The draft is going to be held regardless. And Carolina, with one of the most aggressive businessmen as an owner in the league, and Dave Tepper, he ain't going to wait. He wants his franchise quarterback. He wants something to sell. He wants a big splash. They've signed Teddy Bridgewater. They're already over Teddy Bridgewater. And they've got weapons. They do have an opportunity to be a really good team. They need to figure out the offensive line. They need experience on defense, some secondary help. But they have potential. They have a lot of potential to make a lot of noise. Carolina does. So go get your quarterback. Because they have so much potential, because they are so anxious to move up and secure the rights to draft a quarterback, and because they've got teams behind them in Denver and San Francisco and New England, they're going to be barking up that tree too. I think you're going to have to pay a handsome price. So I have the Dolphins trading from 3 to 8, getting 39, 73, and next year's 1 to do so, to move back 5 spots. Because at the end of the day, if you get in a bidding war in San Francisco's like, look, we'll offer you multiple ones, et cetera, et cetera. Carolina could very easily call Miami and say, listen, we're only moving up five spots. Like, let's be realistic here. But the teams behind them are going to keep the pressure on. I have the Dolphins drafting Jalen Waddle at eight. The notable name that is still on the board in my mock is Devontae Smith, who ends up going 15 to Detroit. Uh, but Penny Sewell comes off the board six to Philadelphia. Jamar Chase comes off five. Kyle Pitts comes off four. Jalen Waddell, uh, wide receiver two in this scenario. I'm really excited about that speed potential. And then at 18 for Miami, gave Najee Harris for a lot of the same reasons we talked about. Uh, some players who did get some level of consideration. Tevin Jenkins, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. I think the opportunity to draft him, put him at right tackle, move Robert inside to right guard, and move Solomon Kinley over to left guard. It's exciting. We've talked about that scenario in the past. And then two names who uh, have been tabbed to the Dolphins from other mock drafts, uh, Quiddy Payne and Jalen Phillips. Uh, we're both also on the board, but uh, that, that fit and that opportunity to have 250 to 300 total touches for a primary running back makes it a bit more of a primary opportunity and pick than maybe what common sense would indicate. I know I said we were doing two more, but I lied to you. I apologize. We're going to end on mine. We joked or we talked at the beginning about getting some a chance to survey the other content creators in the space. Felt very fitting to use my other avenue, uh, TDN, the Draft Network, as our closing mock draft, because let's be honest, trading back as far as they did, five picks, and getting the haul that they got, in my scenario, is a Goldilocks scenario for the Dolphins, and we will have that conversation as we continue to get closer to the draft. What are the Goldilocks scenarios, the just right, the perfect opportunities for the Dolphins things that we should be hoping to see and let them make the best choice that they feel necessary based on who's available at certain junctures of the draft. I'm looking forward to that content, but that is for another day. That is going to do it for us here on Locked on Dolphins. 
Really appreciate everybody who carves time out of their day to tune into the show. It is always great to hear from you, engage with you, interact with you, hear the things that are most pressing on your minds. I continue to get great feedback, good and bad, on the show, and I try and take all of it to heart and provide you guys with the best experience for the Miami Dolphins that I possibly can. We got one more show this week tomorrow, so keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Hit subscribe on the pod. Come back and see me for a Friday show. We got you all off-season long. We got you all year long. Your team every day. We don't just say it here on the Locked On Network. We live it. Thanks for listening. Fins up. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.